Welcome back, Crush A Lot Podcast. I'm your boy, Cheese, as always, the bodyguard from Miami, the go-go from Kill Bill's here, <laughs> Kalina. Kalina, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. You guys were just talking about baseball. Yeah, I just got back from baseball, so just thank you for being patient. No, no worries. Uh, it's baseball's winding down. Basketball is gearing up. So, uh, Kalina's all of Kalina's interests and passions are all in season right now. So we'll we'll, we'll be patient. Um, but it's always good to have you on the show. We're in the middle of our third producer series to end out the year. Go check out the episode with Radicus. Go check out the episode with One Eighty Third. Um, we have more coming up with Brain Orchestra. Um, and a couple of other surprises, uh, DJ Skiz as well. So make sure you check those out. Um, it's an interesting time when we talk about producers because there's so many wonderful producers um, all doing a lot of amazing, interesting uh, things. Um, but one particular producer has been out there that we've gotten feedback from our listeners that would, they wanted us. This is kind of like the producer series kind of happened by the fans kind of telling us what to do. So we've been taking the lead on this. So a lot of the people that's on this show is because you, the listeners, have told us that's what you want. So we're responding to that. So I know that um, our, our producer uh, guest uh, already has a connection with us through, through some some uh, ima- album images and stuff like that. Um, obviously, between uh, Kalina and and our guest Sharp, uh, Sharp is one of the more interesting producers out there right now. If you if you're not familiar with him, go check out the link below. Sharp, welcome to the Crush a Lot podcast. How are you? Peace, peace, uh, peace, and just wanted to say uh, I'm grateful for you guys taking time out, having me on. Man, you you've been producing for a little bit of time uh, right now. Your latest work is out now. We have some of the more interesting MCs uh, on it, people like Ito and things like that. Um, you had work with um, XDNAT. Um, when did this production thing start for you? Um, when did it become like, I'm going to do this and try to put your stamp in the game out there? Uh, seriously, I uh, would have to say maybe like 2012. I worked with uh, the rapper Midas. We put out the Loops project. And that was pretty much my get serious stamp, I guess. My my background is in DJing. So I kind of was always doing production, you know, on the side, so to speak. But uh, yeah, I would say right around 2012, we dropped Loops 2. And that's when I really got, you know, serious to say, all right, this is going to be what I do. Okay, and aside from that, you said that you started producing like more seriously around 2012. How long prior to that were you DJing? Uh, DJing, well, I'm, I'm a little older. I, I graduated high school in 95. So I was DJing pretty much out the gate from there. Um, so I had been DJing, you know, well over 10 years professionally before deciding like, all right, I'm going to try to pretty much substitute you know, what, what I, uh, I was DJing, you know, as a career. So I just wanted to substitute, you know, with production. Sure. So if you, were, if you were DJing around that time, what kind of music, what kind of genres of music were you really heavily into 
I guess that kind of led you to do what you're doing now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was definitely a natural progression. Uh, I was always a hip-hop fan. Uh, so I'm born in the Bronx. Uh, I was living there pretty much till the 90s. Then we moved to Florida. And then I moved back uh, late 90s. So uh, on and on. And I've lived in Atlanta. So I've always been, like, you know, really in tune. But uh, mostly underground stuff. Uh, once I was really professionally DJing as far as like a radio and clubs and stuff like that. That was right around when like the raucous movement started. Mm -hmm. So a lot of that, you know, it was good to see a lot of the rappers that I had been following more so on an underground level for the, you know, previous three or four years start to get, you know, major shine and stuff like that. A lot of the shows that we had followed, that's when uh, like Future Flavors and stuff like that with a P Rock and them, they were on like Hot 97. So it was like a, a good little moment there where like the underground was kind of like in the mainstream. And I was able to, you know, be in the mix with that. You know, that's kind of interesting to say, being that, well, I guess from my perspective, I think that music has changed so much. A lot of the sound, a lot of the way that people, you know, rap. Definite. So being that you, you know, you were DJing, you heard a lot of music, the, the start of a lot of great music. Do you think that now it's just so off or you embrace kind of like the new sounds? Uh, I uh, I guess it's a bit of both. I definitely embrace it all. Uh, you know, I try to, you know, keep my ear and not be that guy. Like, you know, I'm not going to dress like that or I don't listen to a certain <laughs> dude. Or, you know what I mean? I definitely, you know, try to steer away from that. But at the same time, try to keep the core values of, I guess you could, you know, without sounding corny or whatever, but how it used to be. Mm. Um, I, I try to do all of the music that I do with people that I've met in person. So I try to steer away from having like, you know, complete email relationships and having music that's published without having met the actual artist. Mm -hmm. So I try to keep certain things streamlined to how they used to do it. But, you know, at the same time, you know, embrace, you know, what we're doing now, where, where the music is at now. When you, when you thinking, going back a little bit to, to DJing, as I yeah. had my early days of DJing and that was a very like one hour career as I had some harsh lessons <laughs> about DJing and breaking my turntable that I was so happy to have because I, whatever, I don't know what I was doing and I didn't know that vinyl should not be in the heat. And uh, yeah. <laughs> and my idea of DJ, DJing was getting like the groove, uh, groove theory, tell me, single, if I could get the vocal acapella and mixing it with the... Ice Raekwon's ice cream instrumental, and I okay, thought that get, was get like, your blends on. I thought yeah, that yeah. was like All I'm right. doing something magic. No one has ever thought about this before. <laughs> I'm 13 years old trying to figure this out. Have you had any crazy DJ stories like that? Like, man, how do you do this? Oh man, that was embarrassing. That didn't go exactly. Well, how just uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, just seeing the the progression, like like I was saying, that just you know things being where, like you said, you needed turntables. You kind of had to make a a serious uh, commitment. You couldn't just wake up and decide you were going to be DJ. You know what I mean? Like it was something where you had, I you had to that. really, I learned yeah. <laughs> so yeah, seeing, you know, seeing it goes to, to a point like that to where, you know, now I see people to where they can pretty much just have a real strong passion for the music. And it's much easier for them to translate with the tools that we have now for them to be able to express themselves that way than it was for us. Where it's like, you got to know how to treat the record. You got to know what you're doing. And there's just a, a lot that went into it. Aside from just, you know, pressing buttons or whatever, you know. What I mean, I, mean so, I don't. Not that anything is wrong with that, but at the same time, I understand how you feel. I feel like it's a definitely an art to know your equipment and definitely 
a sort of art to re to really make music, to really DJ, to really work with a mixer, and not everything just be so electronic y and just push buttons. I mean, I get it, and and it's so it's true. So I really appreciate anytime we have DJs who actually work with vinyl. Like, yeah, no, and that, and I think it, it it's also a natural progression into producing when you're that involved in the DJ aspect. You know, listening to the record so closely, so often, uh, just like uh, Keys was saying with, with you know, blending and, and just having your ear that close, you know, learning BPMs and you're learning the forecast and you're learning a lot of stuff that goes into the, you know, the core steps of production just naturally by DJing. So I think, you know, when it was like that, where you got to know your tools and you have to just really be dedicated, it kind of helps you get into other avenues, you know, yeah. as opposed to just kind of dancing around with it and, you know, toying with it. One of the things I learned by watching Bobito um, Garcia, people who don't know who Bobito is, he's like very important hip hop icon and very important, very important. A lot of people to hip hop. I saw him recently at, here in Brooklyn supporting the Jay Sinai uh, vinyl release, and he was DJing there. And he's such an interesting DJ. It's not the first time I've seen them DJ, but he has such an ear for. Um, how to DJ for the crowd that's in front of him. Like I can see him like socializing and kind of measuring up the crowd and kind of as No, and, and not to cut you off, he was playing vinyl as well, right? Vinyl, 45s. 45s Exactly, only. yeah, see? Yeah, man. And he was just, but literally he just sat down with talking to people, mingling, studying. And from there he went into his 45s and started, and I could see him putting together what the evening was going to look like based on what was the feedback he was getting back from the crowd? No, he, a, know, he knows his music. He knows his records. Yeah, I was, I was, was blessed to mix. be able to see him play. Yeah, I was, I was blessed to be able to see him play. And it's, it's an experience, like you said, man. Do you think producers who DJ are able to find those samples, those moments in songs a little better than people who don't DJ? Do you find your the production is a little more, I don't know, impactful? It's, it's, a, it's a give and take. But yeah, I think you learn a little bit more of the patience. Uh, and you learn a little bit more about yourself, like where you fit into the mix, as opposed to always chasing a certain record for this or a certain, you know, break or whatever. You kind of find, you know, your own space because you're spending so much time, you know what I mean, uh, on on your own. So, yeah, I think it definitely, you know, helps out a lot. It, it may, maybe it's not as far as finding better stuff to sample, but just really getting really in tune with, you know, what your space is and, all right, you know, this is how you're going to figure it out and, and get busy. Yeah, and talking about that, like, since music has definitely changed, I think, like, the environment and the way we listen to things and experience music now, if, if I guess, I don't even want to say, like, modern, right? But if yeah. there was anyone you could actually work with now, you know, as opposed to maybe in 2012, who would be someone you are genuinely interested in working with? Uh, Rapper-wise? Yeah. Uh, I, I would love to uh, pretty much do the opposite of what like someone like Muggs is doing. So say if I could take someone like AZ, for instance, you know what I mean? And, and have him just really go in on more of uh, and, you know, I, I hate to use the word modern as well. But yeah, just just something current, just something that could really let the, you know, now's fans know why his name might come up or, you know, just just something, you know, to that effect where I could take certain rappers from. That, that have that aesthetic and not to say that they lost it, but just for whatever reason, they're not dropping that shit right now. <laughs> and yeah, you know what I mean? Really tap into that and, and give that, give a, a new fan base, you know, some of that, some of that flavor there. 
Yeah, no, I agree. I think they're well aware of like the change in in time and music and and beats. So I'm pretty sure they've they've fallen back anyway on purpose. Like, no, this isn't. Yes, it's a it's a weird space. Yeah, it's a weird space. But mm-hmm. you know, in, in a perfect world, yeah, I'd be able to you know grab someone like Az or something like that and say, you know, let's let's really sit down and and lock in and forget about what was what and the past and everything and just you know make the best music we can make right now. It's weird. I'd like to hear Lloyd Banks out. I'd like to hear not Definite. Far behind. I'd like to hear Votto. I'd like to hear a lot of people now. And and, and even those, just the two that you mentioned, they they would sound very relevant on stuff right now. Yeah, you know oh. I mean, so it's just a matter of plugging, you know, making it work because you know they they definitely have it. You know, what I mean? yeah, they definitely have it lyrically. They definitely way all the way have it. But it's just I don't know. Either it's the timing or or what's going on now with music that prevents I think so many artists from really like. Uh, giving it a giving it a go. Yeah, I, 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 I found that confusing with veteran MCs like AZ and those guys. There's so many wonderful producers that do fit in their lane that's not outside of their lane and their style that they're not connecting with, and then it, they kind of just miss the mark somehow. It's funny you say I, AZ because I think, it's, uh, AZ I think it's just a weird space. Heads. Yeah, it is when when, when they're used to making music a certain way, uh, like like through the label structure to where, you know, this this is a budget and, and you know, you're on schedule and, and just a certain, you know, a whole a whole way of, you know, how they made the albums and, and the music then and not being in tune with how they do it now. Right now, it's like, you know, very on the spot, pull up the laptop, you know, who, who's got the beats on email. All right. Load that up. They're not worried about, you know, tracking the beat out for another hour and, you know, sitting there and really spending the whole night on one song. So I think there's, there's a little lapse in, you know, how, you know, when Lloyd Banks was in the studio and they was making music, to how they're doing, you know, music in someone's bedroom and then sending him the vocals and, and getting it done now. Yeah, it, I think it, that, that has a play in it. I think it, it has a, at least a little something to do. A lot of the MCs now are actually looking for those producers who they could create something with versus if you have a label support, they're kind of like, give me a list of things that will connect it for you. It takes away from the experience of actually creating and, and looking for the sound. I mean, that's how Rome street and pharma beats got involved. Rome streets was just looking for beats and he happened to find pharma beats. It's like, this is who I want to really be with, but that would have never happened if a label was spearheading Rome. Like, and so we would have missed. No, that. indeed, indeed, and and I mean it more so in the sense of from a producer standpoint, just really getting out beyond the internet. You yes. know what I mean, and and just really, you know, linking up with a with a Rome Street, so being where Rome Street is going to be at, and and making that you know connection there. You know, he'd have much greater success rate in you know landing in the studio with Rome Streets as opposed to you know, running in his DMs all day or, you know, whatever method is, you know what I mean, uh, popular to, you know, trying to connect now. Which equipment and did more. you cut your teeth on? Like the one, the first, inst- like the first equipment you put together and like, I'm going to try to start making these. Uh, through DJing, I first started messing with the loops from the Gemini mixer that had the little eight second uh, sampler button. Yep. But uh, yeah, I first saw an MPC 3000, I want to say around like 97. And that was the first time I really got to understand, you know, my way around things and, and kind of how to translate the what I had in my head to, you know, putting out. And then I ended up getting my own MPC 20, uh, 2000, sorry, in 99. So 1999, I bought my first MPC and I've been MPC, you know, from there. And then now, 
you know, speaking about all of these things, what do you currently have? What are some of the projects you currently have going on? I mean, if, if you can tell us. Oh, no, no, for sure. Uh, well, uh, this, the, the thesis behind the sampler pack is basically a sample of anything that I would have going on or upcoming. So the same artists that are there, I have a project uh, about to release with Midas the Beast. I have something that I'm working with uh, strongly with Stax Grilla, who's uh, from the Bronx, from the hometown. So, you know, I'm really, really, really excited about that. And everybody else, yeah, I got a couple of things with Ido that, you know, hopefully you'll see the light of day. And uh, excited about the Gafahim. He recently announced uh, he'll be working with mugs and stuff. So hopefully we get some good follow-up on that. But yeah, everybody that you saw in the sampler pack, you'll be seeing more of, you know, produced by Sharp. Man. A lot going on. If you're new to the Crush A Lot podcast, thank you for checking out the show. We appreciate it. Consider subscribing, sharing all that good stuff. But most importantly, we want you to really get to know the artists, the producers that we feature on the show. If they're on the show, it's because we recommend them in some way. There might be something you enjoy. Hit the links below. You don't got to you don't gotta leave the, the episode to uh, find them. It's in the links. Hit the link. Right there. And it sends you right there. And, and check it out. And if you and if you like what you're hearing, let other people know and consider buying it. Um, the more you buy, the more we control hip hop, and the more we could get out of the mud with some of the the business stuff and and I politics. I mean, the powers in the dollar, powers and, in the dollar, and, and the bullshit. Um, and for all those people, make sure you have a contract. Those contracts are important. Uh, we're gonna have those. Contracts <laughs> are important, man. Contracts, contracts are, are very important. I did want to, if I could interject, I did want to make sure that I stated out loud for everybody. Uh, it's just very important to understand what you're doing. It's not about the money and how much you're gonna make or whatever. But uh, I saw Cheese, you posted something about the what's that? The the MOA, the uh, oh, MOU. It's, 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 yeah, MOU. Yeah, and it's pretty much I understand. You know, it's it's just a letter of intent to you know everybody's intent. on the same page and you sit down and we're not in a real good practice of that. Correct. You know, just, to, you know, as far as uh, when you sit down to create, nobody wants to be the one to break out a piece of paper to sign or no crazy shit like that. But I think everybody just I really needs to start yeah. gaining some kind of awareness and yeah. understanding and, and make I sure everybody's on the same that, page. I learned that from work. I can't say why that's relevant for what the Crush A Lot is doing for next year, but that's going to all going to be there. One, I want to <laughs> make sure that people could follow through on deliverables but we're also nice. following through on deliverables too so this is not going to kill relationships it's just the, i find it's an it, handshake deals are all good but when shit happens like that and you don't have that mou the reason i don't play get played as a sucker at work is because i got mous and i can hold people to task and they can hold no me that's to task. that's absolutely right and man and i is. think it just starts it's absolutely right and we it just starts with awareness so hopefully we could so we could be the one i know we're talking that. vague but just go to my twitter i was as neutral as i could be but also <laughs> the other thing about that is that i don't take on other people's beefs whatsoever you got beef with something that between you if someone does me dirty i'll let them know offhand i will never let them know online i'm like yo we gotta fix that but I'm the type of person that if you got beef with someone, that has nothing to do with me. Now, if that's yeah, someone from that, now if, if that's something, if you do something to my team and my team lets me know and they want me to rock with them, out of loyalty, that's automatic. But I'm gonna let you know first. And I've had, hey, there's people who haven't been on the show on purpose. Like we, I don't, I don't, but you know, I don't blast them saying that hip hop no, is I all hate. about love and commuting and building. So anything against that crush a lot podcast from is not with that whatsoever. 
Unless you're so with, with that and, and with that being you guys as rep, man, I again I want to say I'm grateful, man. Gratitude and I'm really appreciative that you know you guys took the time to, to have me on. Crush a lot podcast. Kalina Sharp. Hit the links below. Support the good cause. Peace. Bless, bless.